bloody hell. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. You, you won't understand, David, but uh, when I do bring you to the show, oh, man, they're going to nail me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Um, yeah, I kind of gave the game away there, and I really like instantaneously, like within a millisecond, you can see that uh, my guest for the show today, David, is uh, in the background. <laughs> Oh, flipping hell. I was so, I just, I completely forgot because what we did was we tested the stream before we went live and I've left David in the screen there. So it's you lot put me under pressure. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking I've got it all sussed and then flipping hell, unbelievable. Anyway, well, apart from that, how is everybody? Welcome to today's live stream. Uh, thank you all for joining me. 104 people on there already. So that's fantastic. And I'm sure there'll be more to join as we progress. Uh, so today, today, wow. So I've got a gentleman joining me today uh, by the name of David McMillan. And um, what I'm going to say is I'm going to say this, and then I want to bring David into the show in about 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, look, David's got his past, and uh, some of you may not be very happy about what he did in his past. But listen, at the end of the day, the past is a past, right? That's as simple as that. What I want David to do, and what I'm really, I've got to be honest with you, as me as an individual, I'm really excited to understand is, Believe it or not, David is the only uh, Westerner that's ever been recorded for breaking out and uh, getting out of the uh, Klong Prem maximum security prison up in Bangkok. And uh, yeah, so I can't wait to understand how he did it, why he just woke up one morning and thought, you know what, let's have a crack at this. I mean, we're talking like cutting through bars, we're talking seven internal walls an external wall, and believe it or not, he got out and did a Mary Poppins impersonation with an umbrella and casually just walked away. I mean, yeah, so I can't wait for uh, David to join us to just share that with us. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, Crypto says, is that the Bangkok Hilton? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we'll talk about this with uh, David when he joins us. And, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to, uh, to, to talk about that with him. Now, can we just get this out of the way? Listen, right. You know, I'm a great believer in being a true sports person about being fair to other people and to allowing maybe lesser people to enjoy themselves and progress in life. So basically what's happened is um, Arteta's had a word with the lads at Arsenal and he just said, look, guys, can you play as worst possible football in the world? embarrass yourselves to the to the to the above and beyond and give everybody else a chance and we'll just sit at the bottom of the league because we're useless so i think that's an incredible you know attribute to be able to have to be able to handle and to give to the premier league so those of you guys that keep saying about how did arsenal do at the weekend and that they got humped five nil and that they're the bottom of the foot of the premier league and they've lost the first three games of the premier league history in in their uh, time they've been in it yeah, uh, not not too good. So um, anyway, not to worry. I call it sportsmanship. You might just call it that they're rubbish. But anyway, we'll, we'll go with whatever you decide to say. Uh, so let's do a few hellos. And I want to welcome our new members. So some hellos there. Mexican Pro, hello, my friend. Steve Hammond, how you doing, my man? Welcome to the show. Uh, the Surf Jero Show with Chef Frankie. Welcome. Paddy and Jimmy, welcome. Mark Smith, welcome to the show, guys. I did actually see somewhere lurking. Lurking's not probably the best word, but we'll go with it anyway. Um, I've, I've seen. Where are you? You were there. Steve Arthur, how you doing, my friend? Um, I'm not referring to Steve lurking. He lurks normally. But anyway, um, well, oh, there we go. Hawaii, how you doing, sweetheart? Long time no see. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Uh, I believe my mother's here. Where's my mother? Hang on, mum. You see, mum, honestly, one of the reasons that Davey's joining us today is you thought I was a naughty boy when I was younger. Man, he's took that to a whole new level. I'm like, I'm like an angel, mum. Now you're going to look back and say to me, well, son, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. You weren't quite as bad as I thought you were. <laughs> uh, Steve Hammond, he's talking about she's on my list, right? Who are you on about now? Steve, everybody's on your list, mate. You you turn a different corner every second of the day, mate. You want to live on a roundabout, at least then you won't get all these corners popping up. Uh, Patty Jimmy says, perfect intro company. Yeah, sorry, mate. I let you down there, didn't I? Flipping heck. Uh, but anyway, not to worry. Uh, Hieronymus Lane, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Uh, I've said hello to Will Smith. Clive Pankhurst, hello from sunny Sweden. Nice, mate. Nice. Welcome to the show. Uh, Kevin Marshes, Leighton Orient won yesterday. What's that about, mate? Uh, Leighton Orient, what are they? Are you talking about like rounders or something? Is that, is that what you're referring to? I'm not quite sure there, mate. Let me know. Uh, Rio Ryan, hello. Afternoon, how are you? Uh, Philip Seglikoff. Hey, see, I've got that name nailed now. Normally, that's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? But Seglikoff, have that. Bosh. Uh, Raymond Jarvis, hello, my friend. Uh, Sky Grant, greetings to you, my friend. Uh, Loz from around Patea City says, hello from cloudy London. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we've had some rain. And once once uh, we get into the later stage of the of the uh, live stream, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, man, we've had some rain. Um, let me flipping mouse and stuff. Oh, we go. Right. Uh, Patty Jimmy says, great. <laughs> Ah, oh, man, he does my head and he does, bless him. Uh, D-Mark, good morning, Trevor. Did not notice. Good on you, my friend. Hugh Blackmore. Uh, all right, perfect. So where are we up to? 211 people on the chat. Fantastic. Uh, is that the Bangkok Hilton? Uh, well, we'll talk about it, but no, my friend. Uh, the uh, Kong Prem is not the Bangkok Hilton that you're referring to. Uh, right. Uh, my mum's there. Hi, Trevor and everyone, wherever you are. Hope you're all okay. Yeah, I'm good, mum. I'm good, thank you. And Mo will call you afterwards. I don't think she's going to be on too soon. She's around mum and dad's with the, the barbecue going on. So your uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Uh, Dave the Hammer. Hi, Trevor. Morning, all from Heathrow Terminal 4. Happy days, mate. Happy days. David Edwards says, has it stopped raining there? Uh, it has for the moment. But we've had two incredibly bad days of rain. I mean, like serious, serious flooding. I'm sure you've seen it everywhere. Um, oh, my mum's here. Hi, mum. What about me, sweetheart? Flipping hell. Get your priorities right, girl. Mo says, good morning to me, mum. And she misses me out. What's happening there? I'm just checking back, sweetheart, in case you've done that. No, nope, you've definitely said hello to me mum first. Not happy about that. Uh, Joe Higgins, a quid for each of City's girl. <laughs> Mate, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. And, uh, yeah, I've got no comeback, really. I can't really say anything can I, other than uh, welcome you with a Bosch. Thank you very much, my friend. That's very kind of you. And uh, just put my hands up and say, yeah, Arsenal are just awful. I mean, there is no doubt about it. Um, I'm just going to go back and check where my missus is. I'm flipping happy about that. She's saying like my mum and missed me out. Uh, Bianca Rosa says, hi, mum and Trev's mum. Mo, Mo, you've definitely just said hello to me, Mum, and nothing to me, sweetheart. I mean, come on, what's going on? Flipping hell. Uh, lease, lease, lease. Morning, Trev, from sunny Yorkshire. The Yorkshire Dales. Man, what a great place that is. I love it. Uh, Steve Harwood, please can you put this to buy that lady some shoes? Great to see smiley face. That Do you know what, Steve? That's very, very kind of you. I'm going to talk to you about that lady after, um, uh, after we've finished and, and David's uh, gone off to do whatever he needs to do the rest of the day. Uh, but, yeah, incredible, incredible, um, really is absolutely incredible. And, uh, Gordon, thank you indeed. Uh, that's very, very kind of you. And I see there that uh, D-Rock, let's go, Arsenal. You might score a goal soon, Trev. 
flipping hell. I've got, I've got to say that last bit. Have I really got to say it um, um, <coughs> forever? Did, did that Was that okay? Did you understand that? Or did I have to say Spurs forever? Flipping hell. Talk about sell my soul. Do you know what I mean? I've just been bought out for flipping 50 Singapore. Is it Singapore? I don't know what it is. Kroners, I'm not sure. And I've just had to go for that. Flipping hell. Uh, Paddy and Jimmy, thank you very much indeed, my friend. Um, that's really, really kind of you. Yeah, we got a lot uh, a lot of uh, good things done the other day, and there's more to come. Um, Bianca says, at least Mo likes your mum. She's clearly not a monster-in-law. Oh, my mum, nah, my mum's not a monster-in-law. She used to kick the shit out of me when I was younger. Uh, well, not like, not like that, but, you know, I was a naughty boy. But trust me, <laughs> I'm well happy today. I've got absolutely no issues about who's going to get the worst out of this one today. So, uh, yeah, mum, have that. But, Mo, you've not said, like, look, hi, Mo. Look at you two having a private chat. Hi, Mo. Talk later. Well, where's my hello, mum? Not mum. Where, uh, Mo, where is she? I'm flipping not happy about that. Anyway, oh, no, no, she's definitely not said hello to me. The good news is, you see, because Mo's up there and I'm down here, I, I can't be sat on the sofa. She can't bin me to the sofa. I'm going to sleep in my bed today because obviously Mo's up in our house up in Karat and I'm down here. So uh, there we go. Uh, Mike W., thank you very much indeed, my friend. That's very, very kind of you. Absolute superstar legend. Thank you so much. And uh, Mike, I sent you a card today or today or yesterday, so hopefully you've got that. And uh, so let me welcome our new members. Uh, where are we? Duh, 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 duh. Here we go. No, that's the buzzing bar. Uh, where's the new members one? Oh, there it is. See, I told you I got this nailed. There you go. Uh, so can I just say welcome to Golden Top Ocean Estate, to Keith Crookshank, to Ben Engelsman, to Mark Smith, Michael P, Richard Moore, Only Me, and John Chu. Guys, thank you so much for joining the, uh, the channel. Uh, please email me a photo of yourself, preferably one of your good side, and email that to 247patea at gmail.com. Com. All right, cool. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. Mo said hello to you very on. Oh, did she? Oh, flipping out. I didn't see that. Oh, me, my, yeah, look, Mo says, I say hi to you, love. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't see it. Sorry, okay? I, I miss everything. You know what I'm like. Uh, Sky, this is all the Arsenal supporters. Oh, it's Waffler. Flipping out. Here we go. Now, he, he's a lad, he is. We call, well, I, I call him, like, Photoshop man, because you want to see what he does on our uh, Discord group. He's, he's brilliant. Um, my cat was an ID pick. Really? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Ace of Bases, T, your defense has more leaks than my bladder. <laughs> I can't argue with it. I can't say nothing. I mean, flipping out 5 0. Absolutely awful. What is that all about? Um, Will Smith, why don't you support a decent team like QPR? I'm not into women's netball, mate. I'm sorry. Like, I, I like um, football, but uh, thanks for the offer. And I guess if I get bored of football, I'll nip over to the women's netball, mate, and have a crack and have a look, though. But, uh, yeah, I'll look them up. Thank you for that, buddy. That's, that's much appreciated. Um, so, uh, now, what I want to do is let's – I'm going to bring uh, uh, David into the chat because uh, he's patiently sat in the background, and uh, bless him. And uh, I really want to bring him in. So – I want you guys to think about, you know, we've, we've heard the horror stories about what it's like to uh, be incarcerated in jail, in prison around the world. Well, now take it to a whole new level when you come to Thailand, because when you're incarcerated here, be it in Klong Prem, be it in the Bangkok Hilton, you know, it's it's not fun. And, you know, you, we're going to talk to David now, and he's going to be very kind to share uh, his experiences with us. But I can honestly say... 
and I don't know if you guys have, uh, have uh, ever seen these these images and these books now, but it really is atrocious. So, uh, right, let's bring David on. Bear with me one second. I'm just going to unmute his microphone. So, David, whatever you say now, people can hear you. Bear with me one second. And there you go. So, David, good afternoon. Oh, no, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing? It may be morning, but I've got the afternoon feel from your... Uh, it, it's good to hear that you've got... Uh, so many uh, fans out there that are supporting you, and uh, and one's for a, a food parcel service, is it? Yeah, basically what we do is, uh, I'm very blessed. We've got an incredible buzzing community. It's fantastic. And uh, basically we support people out here with food, uh, much-needed food supplies. There's a lot of people here that are currently in a big, big problem. They don't have any food or any supplies. So uh, basically the community helped me out. They send in their donations, and I take all that, and we go out and uh, do that. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, once we've finished, if you are around, you want to watch, then, then fantastic. And, uh, Paddy, I'm not – guys, any Super Chats, I'm not ignoring you. Please don't take that the wrong way. Um, so I will say thank you, too. It's just that I want to speak with Davis, but thank you very much, Paddy. Uh, that's very, very kind of you indeed. Thank you so much. So, all right, now – where do we start? Where do we start, David? Um, well, uh, we can start in the middle and work backwards because uh, uh, once I did get out of that uh, that prison, now this was a Klong Prem, which is sometimes called La Diao. Some people call it the Bangkok Hilton, but strictly speaking, that name uh, should be stuck with um, Bang Kwan, which is the one down by the river. But yeah, it's right. a huge place, Klong Prem, holds uh, eight, 9,000 people in uh, 10 sub-prisons, and um, there's even the women's prisons within this. If you Google Earth, the picture, you can see, you can just about see it from space, I would think. Uh, it's that big. Wow. And uh, what brought me there? Well, <laughs> uh, I started out, um, I, I was born in London, and then with my, uh, in my, um, her mother was divorced. We kind of traveled around the world to the US and then uh, to Australia and then back again. Um, did and it, was, it was quite a good life. I was even on a little kids' news program when I was 12 reading kids' news. Um, but um, I kind of ended up, I don't know, I, I'm a risk taker by nature, I guess. Well, I was. And um, as I... Um, even before my 20s. Um, look, it was a really quite a different era. People um, probably think today, well, uh, listen, this drug smuggling scumbag, whatever happened to him, good. <laughs> Perhaps so. Uh, but it, it was a different kind of attitude. Uh, we, we thought, you know, turn on the world. We had a grocery shop selling uh, tie sticks for a while. This was in Melbourne in Australia. And, of course, somebody said, why can't we go and get things at source? Well, yeah, that sounded good to me. And I think my first hash run was to uh, India. With uh, I had six kilos stuffed in the back of a 1950s Grundig radio. Uh, <laughs> now, I had a lot of luck. I think the customs guy at Sydney just let me through because he, you know, he knew I had something. But I bounced out of there and uh, thought, oh, aren't I a top smuggler? But, well, within a, a fairly short time, um, I had uh, my then wife was saying, oh, look, you don't do it all yourself. You've got to get arrested. So um, helpers came in as uh, couriers 
And but I used to fret about them. I was always on the, the same plane worrying about that they might make a decision or something like that. And of course, then that attracted uh, the, the police, and there was a massive arrest um, in, in Melbourne. Huge trial followed. Uh, they arrested a lot of my family. My wife was arrested because they, they didn't find any drugs, and that's always a very tough trial. It's a mm. bit like, have you ever seen uh, those sort of murder cases where the body's not there and, and it gets very vicious on both sides? And it was kind of like that in this one. Um, what do I want to ask, what, David, please? Yeah. Oh, sorry, carry on. Go on, carry on. Go on. No, no, I was just going to say at the end of the trial, uh, I was acquitted of most things but got a big sentence. Uh, my wife died in the uh, prison in Australia, in a prison fire. And so I was kind of not really focusing on the case. Uh, and uh, my partner's wife was also killed in the same fire. This was uh, uh, Michael Sullivan. He was a Commonwealth pole vaulting champion. Um, but we ended up in super maxes there and, and it was a, quite a tough uh, 10 years. Uh, wow. And this was uh, for a bunch of smuggling runs from, uh, from Thailand, uh, where I'd been for, I'd, back in the 70s, uh, I started going there. It was after the Americans had left and it was almost like a ghost town. You know, you could drive. <laughs> you could actually drive along Sukhumvit Road and uh, there's hardly any traffic. Um, wow, Questions I'm going to ask for you, David, if I may. Um, mm. So... I just want to like bring everyone up to speed a little bit about sort of like the, the key points and the snapshots of uh, your history. Um, so I've got down here um, that uh, sentenced to 17 years in prison, which you were serving, and then you were on parole in 1993. And it was in 1993 that you decided that you'll have a little nip over to Thailand, come and say hello to us over here. And you, uh, it was over in Thailand that you were arrested and uh, sent to, to Klong Prem, and uh, that was where it all started. Is that correct? That is correct, but uh, it wasn't so much a matter of nipping over. Uh, after that sentence, I found that um, the police had visited me in the prison and more or less dropped the hint that uh, they'd have a little play with me once I got released. Um, well, fair enough. But it was... Uh, too much, I decided to return to the UK and um, flew to Thailand to stop to pick up some money that I had left. You know, no matter what anybody thinks he is in when it comes to um, crime or uh, running some illegal business, if you have a massive sentence, you will end up losing everything one way or another. Uh, right. You know, you spend a third of even if you've got some ill-gotten gains stashed around, you'll spend a third of it trying to get out of trouble, then another third of it um, trying to make whatever happened less during the time in prison. <clears throat> um, I've got questions for you, David. I want, yeah. I want to ask you some questions. Um, so I guess the first question I really want to ask you is, how did you feel when you were first led through the doors of Klong Prem Knowing the notorious, uh, you know, fear factor this 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 uh, prison had, how did you feel? You know, what was going through your mind walking through, thinking, "Okay, I'm in one of the prisons of the world now, where we know that uh, things are not good." I 
heard about the place, of course, uh, and as most people who drive to the airport uh, will see it um, in the in the big highway that goes past it. So, and so, and I knew it to be bad, um, <clears throat> and I was arrested in uh, a travel agency in Chinatown, having been pretty much chased from the airport down there. I'd only been in Thailand three days, and when I'd arrived in Thailand, I felt really great because. This great over t- eleven years in prison was behind me, and uh, I was under a, a, what I thought was an airtight false passport. So when I got hammered there, I sank into a massive depression. So I expected bad things, and I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> it uh, even before I arrived at the big gates, I saw at the courtroom people shuffling around in uh, chains. Uh, there's quite heavy chains joining both legs. It's a C ring um, just clamped around the ankle. And then okay. um, yeah, getting in there, uh, I hidden a bit of money uh, because I knew I'd need that. But by the, it seems mysteriously quiet because when new prisoners come in, it's after everybody's locked up, which is about four o'clock. Uh, the searching was ruthless, though. They were. Um, you know, old, <laughs> the Thai boys who'd come in with bars of soap and just toiletries and things were having their soap cut in half, uh, complete strip searches, we were all squatting naked on the ground. Um, it didn't happen to me because they give phalangs a bit of a break, but uh, the Thai boys had their ass checked out by some, oh yeah, all, all the, all the, wow. The, wow. the grunt work you could say in the prisons done by trustees, big trustee system there. Was there was there a lot of violence? Um, surprisingly, it would be sudden and sporadic and unplanned most of the time. But there was um, there had been a, a riot in Bangkok, which resulted in the deaths of what thirty or forty people, I think. And there was right. a little one in building four. Um, there's 10 main accommodation blocks there. Um, and for for uh, drug cases, uh, the prisoners have their chains left on all the time. I managed to kind of trick my way out of that one. But um, there's a whole lot of stuff you have to learn about. I mean, you get given nothing. I think you get a okay. plastic bowl. That's about it. But, Question uh, that we've had here yeah. come in um, from Three Jazz. Uh, Three Jazz here says, uh, "Did you have to buy your own supplies?" Exactly. Uh, it, it was a strange contrast. Strictly, the rules were that you're not supposed to have money, cash, uh, but the reality is, um, you did for everything. And they had a little way at the, what would you call it, general store shop that was in there where you could yeah. get some cash out of your account. And all within the prison, um, people had set up little shops and stalls, everything wow. from kids rolling cigarettes. Uh, they earned a bit of a living there. Um, people would have a, a towel rolled out and they'd have their business there. They might be selling Kong tip or the cheaper cigarettes, which uh, Melbourne, I remember that one. Um, <laughs> And the currency, um, 
Uh, it's so elaborate, I won't go into it in detail, but you can imagine this is a city within a city, Tromprem. It has its own economy, its own life. Uh, where, where in, in the drug remand prison, which was not where I escaped from, but where I first was, they didn't like them to have cash as such, so they used tanjai. I don't know whether any of your uh, viewers will ever come across them. They're aspirin sachets in little packets. Okay. They became the currency. Uh, a packet of cigarettes would be um, 35 tanjai. They were equivalent of about a baht each. And um, then uh, that all of that would be bundled up at the end of every day, and the gamblers would rent that money overnight so they could play with it in the... They really used to punish them uh, very severely for um, uh, the, the guards did, or, or the trustees would, the guards' trustees. Every guard had about seven or eight uh, trustees. They were in their own uniform. They had batons. Um, they sold the drugs one day and then arrested junkies for using them the next. Oh, wow. Question uh, for you, David. Uh, Ian4444 says, uh, could you not have done a deal with the arresting officers? Is there no, you know, we, we appreciate that a lot of things are like, we have some of that and, you know, we can yeah, jog on. Yeah. I mean, was, was you not able to do that? Well, I would have loved to. Um, but um, a local kid, a Thai kid, uh, straightened me out on all of that in the holding cells in Chinatown. He said, uh, Daniel, that was my name back then. Um, you've got uh, <laughs> you've got seven days here to sort out your business, and there was a big group of uh, guys who'd been hauled up on what I think a hundred kilos of heroin or something, you know, massive, and they were all uh, Thai Chinese, um, and they were sitting in there in a huddle working out who was going to take the fall amongst them, and paying off the uh, investigating officer to arrange it that way so the driver would you know have to wear the whole lot but um because i was a foreigner because i'd been arrested uh through the actions of the usda uh, the australian police and a couple of other agencies uh, it wasn't that i was that big trevor it was just that from a policing point of view, and I understand it because I'm in touch with some of the police uh, today, uh, these days, who, who got back in touch to talk about the old days of you know, being chased one way or another. They said it was just, they liked somebody who fought back and would go to some effort to try and disguise what he was doing. You know, I used mm. a lot of different okay. passports and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, question for um, you here. They, uh, sorry, a question for you here, David. Is how many people were in your cell and what were they like? Okay. When I brought my way over to um, the, the long-term sentence prison because I knew it would be, I'd have an opportunity for escape there, um, I, uh, your first night in there, there were 34 of us squashed into a terrible little cell with a... Uh, a fan that didn't work, but they do that on purpose for the first night. So that you'd, okay. you'd be up all night with people's feet in your face and you know, there's a hole in the floor for the toilet over in the corner. And, you know, 
you run screaming to the trustee who's in charge of accommodation and say, look, I want this and I want that. And he'll kind of read you the hotel's rate card, you know, what you've got to pay for various things. So um, I um, got a cell that would have normally had about 10 and renovated it. Um, You know, was introduced to the building chief and he went on about... uh, Oh, we have no money here. We can't fix anything. It's terrible. You know, I get the hint. Um, and I had uh, fairly quickly. I had a couple of ATM cards sent to me. Yeah, uh, through my favourite guard and another guard where I'd give it my card to him, and he'd go down to the ATM, and for an honest ten percent, he'd come back with the cash. Um, there were other ways of doing that, but. Um, you could actually get it for twenty five percent from the what they called the coffee shop. This it, this this place had um, the the concession of the coffee shop was the biggest business in there, uh, and it would I think it changed hands for about five thousand dollars every few months. Um, five thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, because it everything all the food that anybody ate, apart from what they call government food, uh, would come through there and they'd get a commission on it, of course. And it, it sold um, you know, dry good cans of uh, stuff. But there was a daily food run organized wow. by uh, a kid whose name uh, escapes me at the time. Only the poor people ate the, the government food, which was fish head soup, mostly, uh, served in a 44-gallon drum, um, and I think they had chicken feet on Thursdays, which the Nigerian guys quite liked, their chicken feet. They used to get into fights over it. Did you lose a lot uh, of weight when you went in because of the food? Um, in the beginning, because I was suicidal anyway, and uh, I only really wanted to escape so I could, you know, I'd had enough of this game. I'd been followed since I was 18, I'd been hammered, I'd been in supermaxes, I'd got out, I wasn't out long, Uh, I was being followed, I thought I had freedom, that was taken away. This, I mean, you couldn't even kill yourself, there was no privacy, not a minute, even taking a a poo, you'd be at a a row of uh, squat to uh, crap um, uh, toilets arranged up and everybody sort of walking past. So, um, the I think I I was probably saved from feeling so miserable by um, an American guy I met there who was conning me. I don't know. Have you ever felt? Yeah, I mean, you've lived there in Thailand for a while. You know you're being had over, but for whatever reason, you let it go on yeah. because yeah. you're either intrigued as to how it's going to be done. You know it's coming, but you don't know when. But in this case, it kind of gave me hope. He leached me, my family, and uh, oh, you know, my friends for about $50,000, I suppose. He had lots of schemes. But I had lots of schemes, of course. When I the, the bigger building, and I renovated the cell, and I ended up with five hand-picked um, friends who were in there with me um english nick he actually got out the only expat and he lived down patia he was uh, wow. he was running a bit of weed um 
back and forth around town. I mean, it doesn't sound terribly risky to me. Uh, and he wasn't paying off the, the local cops. He had a Thai wife. I think he should have, don't you? I mean, that yeah. seems like... Question I mean, for you here, you know, uh, David. Yeah. You've you kind of answered it here. Is um, Paddy and Jimmy says, did you spend most of your time with other oh, Western... Oh, I can read that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. that, that that's your question uh, look, from, uh, I, from Jimmy. Jimmy, I came in there thinking, look, land of corruption, there's going to be a big foreign prisoner section with a, like luxurious fittings, like some kind of Escobar over in the corner who will look me up and down and offer me a bed or something like that. Nothing okay. like it. The uh, I didn't really want the, the Europeans... Uh, Brits and Americans and others, they were the the losers of the Western world, the the down and outs who had ended up working for the Pakistani smugglers or the Nigerian smugglers. And as you probably heard, the way those gangs would work, they were ruthless. They would um, they would get their couriers, use them five times, and on the the fifth time. They'd shop them by arrangement to the um, the tires. So they'd go to the airport, barely set foot on the pavement and get a trolley nicked. And they'd be nicked with the same amount and they'd tell the same story, um, you know, that it was Joe down at the soy whatever and this particular mm -hmm. guest house. And we kept hearing it time after time they'd come in. But these were broken people. They... Um, uh, They'd, they'd been maybe bad to their family or had no friends or cheated others. Mm. There was no little enclave of, of luxury to be found. So um, I realized... A question for that, you again, uh, David. Uh, sorry, sorry to keep the interrupt, yeah. but I just no, want to no, try no. and get as many questions as we can. Um, uh, Jackson says here, did you need protection against prisoners? Uh, uh, no. Um, I, I never... I, After all, um, uh, Jackson, I uh, I'd spent quite a bit of time in Australian prison, and I'd realised um, that, um, that different kinds of people need different kinds of handling. But um, in any place you, like, I protected myself while I was in the dope trade by being more useful, functioning to the big villains than than not. In other words, villains would give was, you the protection because you were valuable to them. That's right. Um, there were some okay. people who specialized in coming in, kidnapping uh, people who were having some success at smuggling and then you know, screwing money out of them. But the people that I was selling to were big enough so that to interfere with that, their revenue stream would have been suicidal for these wow. lower level. Uh, people okay. now that doesn't apply to jail so much but you uh you do work out ways of you know you, you look at people and say is this a complete psycho it doesn't matter what i say to him do i have to strike early uh and hard um but in the the ties do not like violence in their prison and they will um unless they're meeting it out you know they when they're punishing some poor little slob um I remember uh, watching some guard who'd had a bad day or something, and he was hitting this kid that was crouched over. 
and he had his heavy truncheon and he had him in a position where his spine was exposed and dropping this thing down hard between the, the vertebra, uh, which must have been excruciating. And um, you know what he had to say after each blow? He'd have to say to the guard, thank you, sir, for correcting me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that kind, of, uh, that kind of thing really sort of like makes you just well, mm. I, I can't get my head around that. But uh, a question Mark sent here is: uh, Did it smell in prison? It said it must have stunk in those in the rooms where you were all confined together. Um, it it stank. Uh, firstly, there were rubbish heaps which never seemed to get cleared. Um, it had dead cats in there as well, which couldn't have helped because the, the cats. This prison was surrounded by a thirty meters. No, it wasn't quite that wide, but twenty meter moat which was also a sewer, and there was an internal sewer. but So it stank of shit for a start. Um, okay. Also, there's piles of um, uh, this old rubbish uh, that, that had come out. As for the people, well, you know, you know the ties. Um, they like to splash a bit of water around, not just at Songkran. Uh, and um, even though, even if you had chains on, um, you'd have a bird bath. There'd be big water tanks there, unless there was a a couple of times there were water shortages, um, and people would stand at the tank there uh, naked, except for their change, scooping out water and and throwing over them. By the way, those who are unfortunate enough to end up in there and end up on a case that means chains, and you get chained if you go to court anyway. Um, you have to learn how to take your shorts off while wearing foot chains that you can't take off. It's quite, um, it's kind of an origami thing. You've I was got going to say, you're an astrologist now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I even saw, I'll tell you what I did see too. Some of the Nigerian guys are really strong. I saw one of them get a couple of metal spoons, put them between his um, ankles and actually stretch this bar out. They wow. could have, but they had nowhere to go. And that was the thing. Um, there was a big escape from uh, 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 that. It wasn't from the jail because that was lots of reasons why it's very difficult to do that. But they got out on the way to court. They were hunted down by the commandos and all executed. Um, I was there at um, the um, remand section when uh, four ties in a big dormitory of 160 people clanging noisy all night. Uh, the lights are on, the fans don't work unless you pay to have them fixed. They extraordinarily enough managed to cut their way out with a couple of stolen hacksaw blades into the yard. There were five of them, a Singaporean and three ties, street kids. One was quite tough. You know, had all the tattoos for good luck. Apparently, according to them, those tattoos will stop a bullet. I guess they. <laughs> we don't have any living evidence otherwise. Well, they I'm pretty covered there. Look, David, I'm I'm all right, so I'm pretty invincible. Uh, um, yeah. Another question I'd like to ask you, David, please, if I may. Um, uh, sorry, I just got to scroll back up. I've just lost it. Uh, the question was, how? Did, yeah, uh, three Jess says, how did you keep positive? Which. I want to, I want to, if you'd ask this question, please. And then I want to talk about how you escaped, how you broke out. So yeah, 
Yeah. Because obviously that was at a stage, from what I understand, where you thought, you know what, I'm two weeks away from execution. There ain't a lot really that can go wrong, so to hell with it, let's do this. But before we get to that bit, you know, how did you stay positive? Because I'm assuming being stuck in, in, a, in a prison, surrounded by people that are also stuck in there, and you all must look at each other and think, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here for however many years or the rest of your life, whatever. How did you stay positive? Um, yeah, it's quite... I certainly wasn't positive in the beginning, um, but I, I suppose I came good when um, some friends of mine had had a kind of a big dinner in London and gathered together from different places in the world, and it was awake for me because they knew mm -hmm. I was finished. I'd never survive it. I'd have, I'd be on death row for years, even if I wasn't going to be executed but they had started executing people, which was by machine gun in those days, not by lethal injection. Um, you get tied to a post and um, three of them hold a bit of string on the trigger. Um, a policeman had uh, come out and, and just to mock, you know, he had some pretext for the visit, but he just kind of listed the ways in which I'd be suffering over the next 20 years until death. And even if I got out of there, he had, something planned for me. And I'd been listening to this since I was 18 and I was now um, in my late 30s. Um, I kind of went back and thought, no, 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 to hell with that. I felt the same way that I guess anybody feels when, you know, when you get told, Trev, that's impossible. You can't do it. Nobody's ever done it before. It's not going to happen. Get real. I hate it when people say get real. I don't want to be real. I'll well, you, die proved wrong. <laughs> you proved them wrong. I mean, not only did yeah. you get real, you proved them wrong. So, well, I mean, a lot yeah. of it's mental attitude. And I want to just... You have yeah. to really look around. I had probably 15 different schemes. We were going to... I had a couple of trusted um, uh, foreigners with me, including Sten, a, a Swedish guy. Um, and uh, Martin, who was, uh, he wasn't coming, but he was an electronics engineer and, and helped me out about the electricity on the outer walls. But one of the schemes was to sneak out as uh, dressed as United Nations Medical Evacuation Team. That was an interesting plan. Um, but uh, another Swiss guy, uh, Theo, died um, in, in our cell. Um, because he couldn't get medical treatment for a rupture in his brain. Um, we had to, I had to bribe the guard a couple of cartons of cigarettes just to take the body away. Um, the scheme was whittled down and whittled down, and even, um, but all the time I'm thinking, I'm going to end up alone here. I'm going to have to do it the old fashioned way. No fancy escapes from court because the, the gangsters had all cacked their decks when they uh, <laughs> saw all the machine gunned uh, officers in charge of the court. So that scheme was out. But I, I had begun building the cell to hold the things that I would need uh, to get out. And I didn't trust uh, foreigners. They put you at least three floors up. And outside your window was an old awning that stuck out. So if you touched that or fell on it, it would collapse. And there was a, a cell full of trustees beneath me. All had whistles. They'd 
as it is, they had to hit a gong every hour to say all's well and nobody's causing trouble, and the guards would have a little rest somewhere. But um, so even even the Viking Sten dropped out when a couple of um, Israelis had come down from Chiang Mai. They'd actually got out, but they had nowhere to go, and they went to the old guest house. Cut a long story short, they turned up in elephant chains back in um, Plong Prem in Bangkok because they wanted them in higher security, and their legs looked like twisted drinking straws thrown on the ground. They'd had them smashed uh, with iron bars by the guards there when they caught up with them and rocks thrown on them. Luckily, they were pretty tough guys, and they dragged themselves out of it, uh, but they 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 didn't look the same that's for sure so, so i knew i'd be alone yeah i mean let, let's fast forward now so you're waking up the morning yeah. you've managed to uh, somehow get yourself a hacksaw to to cut through the bars which is what you did to uh, in order to start your incredible escape um i mean when you woke up that morning knowing that things were getting very close like the two weeks before the uh, execution or the the, the uh, judgment for execution yeah. Um, what went through your mind when you thought, right, this is it, I'm going to do it today? What What was going in your head? About that time I'd been, um, I'd have everything put in place um, and I kind of rented a little corner of a factory where I had a desk and whatnot and some cupboards, so I had everything I did down there. I was really waiting for the guard that slept outside the window not to be on shift because I knew where the other ones slept at night. And I'd paced this out, kind of timed it. And the hacksaws had come in in a care parcel, a uh, huge box of stuff, and disguised in a religious scroll. Oh, and some porno magazines thrown in that they'd confiscate and take their minds off the fact that I had all this stuff in there, like cable oh, okay. ties. Oh, okay. That was your decoy. Oh, yeah. I said to Michael, look, that package, put in the most rank pornography you can find, all right? Something, there's no way they'll let me have that. You know, teenage anal, all of that stuff. Um, <laughs> the guard was like, no, no, you can't. And sticking it under his chair very carefully, didn't want to scuff it up for later use. Um, that guard wasn't on. Uh, about midnight, I turned off the light switch. I'd bribed heavy money to get a light switch, so I can't sleep with the light on, I told them, uh, and given them 10,000 baht for the privilege. Um, then began the cutting. Now, really from the beginning, uh, things started to go badly. It was taking so much longer. It, Guys, if you ever have to cut your way out of a cell, give yourself extra time. And if you think, oh, I'm only halfway through, I'll start again tomorrow night, yeah, make sure you know who's in that cell. <laughs> you might not be there tomorrow night. So it was about 2.45 by the time I got just one bar cut and half of the second base of it. it Sten the Viking managed to climb up there and just bend it back so I could squeeze out. And um, you know what the strangest feeling was? After two years and real tribulations, um, I, as soon as I slid out of that bar, and then I was only wearing a pair of shorts, I had to grease up on oil to get through, and I had a little shoulder bag, holding onto the bars at night. I'd never seen night for two and a half years. 
because you don't. You're locked up during the day. Mm. And it was quiet out there. And I kind of look back in on the cell like, that's all gone to me now. Either I'm caught and I'll be killed or I'll get away. And you were prepared for that? You were happy to accept that if you were caught, they would kill you? Oh, I knew that would happen. And I, <laughs> I, uh, um, I mean, my mother once advised me to keep cyanide capsules handy. I never did, but uh, yeah. So you've, uh, you've cut through the bars, David. Yeah, I mean, mm. were, you, were you high up? Yeah, um, no, no way of climbing down that. But I, uh, in decorating the cell, I'd put up a bookshelf. It was actually a builder's plank, and I'd also made a stool that, when you twisted around it locked into the bars so that this builder's plank could sort of be pushed right out into the night sky and go over the awning below and my rope was made up of a kind of woven bed that i'd have not really loud beds but i could have this mat thing and it was made from army boot webbing from the army boot factory uh hooked that over had all sorts of ideas about abseiling to the ground which i can't do and didn't do so ended up sliding down this thing taking the skin off my hands, but that was all right because I'd had a lot of splinters in there from the plank. Then scurried off to my office where I then had to do lots of stuff, like build a ladder. Um, one of us had pretended an interest in oil painting, which required frames. So he was um, making these very heavy picture frames for six months. They were um, to be the the rungs of this ladder and the outside of the, the spars of the ladder. I had to break into the um, Chinese funeral factory. They made things that had to dry out on long bamboo poles and got four uh, long poles from that, I suppose each one about uh, three and a half, four meters, um, laid them down on the ground and with a torch held in my uh, mouth uh, as I, I dribbled, until I ran out of, uh, got dehydrated, uh, used gaffer tape to put the frames in between these poles. Then had to get out of that factory when I couldn't get out the way I'd gone in. I had to go through the roof and down into the auto repair shop. Uh, by the way, one of the plans was to get welded into one of the guards' VW minivans that he was having repaired in the auto shop and when he drove it home to get out of it there. I didn't like the idea, Trevor, of being welded into a steel box. <laughs> that plan so out. how the hell did you get over seven internal walls? I mean, like not just one. I've got some I've got some photos here which I which I don't know if you can I hope you can see these. Uh, but this is I know it's intimate. Okay, uh that is uh, a regional prison. Look at it. it actually looks like Patia to me. Okay, um, uh, this one. Okay, and none of those are uh, remotely like Klong Prem. That, see what you're looking at there? Imagine a hundred of those. Um, so those barbed wire uh, fences, and you, you, you've got like oh, lots no, of those. No, that wouldn't have been a problem. I had ones twice as high. Um, they had the razor wire rolls at the top. But um, okay. I had See, another... I have to say, that's flipping Google, because I Googled Klong Prem prison. That's the pictures they give me. <laughs> uh, they gave you the wrong ones. Uh, the, uh, Never trust Google. I, I've, oh, I've got a website, uh, davidmcmillan.net, 
um and i think i've got a couple of pictures aerial shots there of it but okay. um luckily before the days of all of that because if i'd known really where i was and how big the damn place was i think i would have been put off it was nightmare yeah. um i had to um hook the barbed wire down from the the first building i was in pull it taut a bit anchor it to the ground put my ladder onto it, climb up to the top of that apex of the wall, uh, and then take the ladder over and drag it. But this was taking too much time. You know, whatever you time out during the day is nothing, because at night it's quiet, you can't make a noise, you have to creep around, it's slower, slower. I'm getting to three o'clock in the morning. Um, really... Um, I had to figure out a better way. So I, I joined the two ladders together uh, with the gaffer tape and ended up just propping them on the internal wall, climbing up to the top of it and using my weight to tilt it over the other side, then drag it down and then carry it um, uh, to, the, to the next place. Where I thought I was going, I wasn't, but it was the smell that told me where I was. They had a kind of AIDS ward there, a sub-prison with three or 400 people dying from AIDS. There was no treatment, of course, no, no medication. But they were rotting away in their beds there. And there was a particular necrotic flesh smell to that. And when I could smell that, I looked through the, the little window there and I could see all, all these pale, wasted, gray faces and eyes staring at me. Luckily, they were so close, close to death and um, so beyond caring. They didn't raise the alarm. Had it been ties, I mean, normal prisoners, uh, they would have screened the place down. And really? Why, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Um, it, they're terrible tattletales in any prison, but particularly bad there. You, there's no way you could keep a secret of, of right. anything. Uh, when my pet cat was kidnapped, I, I didn't have to advertise the reward. Uh, I just had to say to my head butler, little jet, um, listen, don't tell anyone, but I'm willing to pay to get that cat back. Ah, by lunchtime, I had lots of offers. Not my cat, by the way. It took... <laughs> can I, can I, I just interrupt yeah. very, very quickly? Anders, I know you're putting the comment in. I will ask that question for you, but I want to just let David explain the last bit. I will come back to some of his questions, guys. And those of you that are asking about uh, David's books, I do have the links. I'll put the links again out for you. So if you do want to read about this in a lot more detail than the course. So, uh, you know, guys, don't think I'm ignoring you. I'm just sitting here allowing David just to, you know, take take the show and, uh, and tell us all what he's telling us. You know, I, personally, I, I'm absolutely blown away by this, to be honest with you, because I don't think I'm a pretty tough guy, I'd like to think, in terms of myself mentally and physically, but I just wouldn't have the balls to have a go at what you did. And, and not only did you just try it, but you succeeded. So you've gone from like seven walls, now you're at the final wall, and you've managed yeah. to, to, to get over the, 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 the final wall. Yes, before the final wall was an internal moat we used to call Mars Bar Creek because of the Mars Bars bobbing around in there. It was a sewer. Um, and I couldn't get this really long ladder. I mean, you can imagine, um, like, what would it be? It's a nine, ten meter long uh, ladder. It's, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's very long. 
I couldn't pull it to bits and rebuild it for the um, for the wall. Had to figure a way. Oh, I did figure a way out. But I won't go into it. But I managed to get the ladder up against that wall, and it was just shy of the top. So I um, climbed up there, and I could see the glimmer of dawn just in the skyline there as I got to the top of it. Then with the, what the remains of my bit of rope, uh, the army boot webbing, I dropped that over the other side, which went down mostly all of the way. Um, and then very carefully got over the electric part of it just by, uh, it was only household current, by the way, 240 volts, but at a low amperage. So you could feel it tingling because you're sweating and it goes through your trousers. <laughs> Went down, okay. dropped to the ground, rolling to the side, and then I was covered in mud. I had to the last of my drinking water. I used to clean myself up, and I looked at this big moat, original plan, swim across it, but there was nothing but guards' houses over there. I couldn't. I had to use Plan B, which was put on khaki long pants, put up my umbrella from the umbrella factory, which is where I, where I paid somebody <laughs> to do my work, and then go around the front main entrance it would have been just about six o'clock when i hit there so everybody's sort of starting to come to work i felt like ripley in the alien movie so she's saying lucky 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 you know so so let me just get this right then david so you've soared through the bars in order to get out of your cell you've managed to slide down to get to the ground level you've then negotiated seven internal walls to then get to the final big wall, and you've also had to go through these moats, which, uh, as you're talking about, the Mars bars, and I'm sure people watching uh, can uh, understand what the Mars bar reference is. Mm. And then you've mm. gone over the final wall, and just, just so I've got this clear, and I know it's true because I've read it, and obviously you're going to tell it. You popped up an umbrella and just casually walked out. Well, not so casually. I was peeping out from underneath that umbrella at the guard towers. <laughs> And I could see they were looking down on this skinny little footpath that goes around the internal edge of it and wondering who the hell this guy is. But because of my khaki pants, and they probably thought I was a guard coming in late and trying to avoid the, you know, guardmeister or whoever controls it, the front gate was. And um, I saw it, but I pulled the umbrella down. I didn't want them seeing my pale face. But really, the theory was this. Escaping prisoners do not pack an umbrella in case there's a touch of rain in the sky. Wouldn't want <laughs> well, to get true. wet while running. So uh, wherever I was, I would have looked like somebody who came from the real world, not from the inside out. And that held. And I got around to the front. And there's a little footbridge to cross over, um, which I'd seen um, previously from coming back from court and then walked to the main, what's that, eight lane highway that goes to the airport, climbed up to the top of the pedestrian overpass uh, bridge, looked back at Phnom Prem, stopped for a minute. I thought, no, don't run off quick, David. Take this in for a minute. And I did, and I thought of the thousands of people in there as I was not, and just wow. losing wow. everything in there for decades. Uh, waiting to die and, and rot away. 
Wow. Um, what a what a fantastic uh, story. You know, I can only thank you for sharing it as honestly as you have because it's you know it's incredible. And people like myself, you know, you read these things. A question I want to ask you, Anders here has asked this question for yeah. you here, for yeah. David. Uh, he said, yeah. "Hi, David. How much involvement did you have with the Underbelly show based on your escape, and how true was it to what happened?" Uh, Underbelly, as most people probably know, is a, a series of Australian telly movies. Um, Chris Merckx, the screenwriter on that, and he wanted something beyond the newspaper reports to hold it together. So I gave him a few um, scraps, really, of um, like the coming back from India with the hash at the airport scene is uh, accurate enough. Uh, Clelia, um, my wife, is not portrayed accurately uh, at all. Um, because they wanted her to be a kind of tearaway rich girl gangster's mole, but that's fine. I mean, that's you know, a film is is not meant to be. Uh, it's a work of art, after all, isn't it? In, mm. in a sense, um, but um, it, it it and certainly the escape has never been put in film because real escapes take time. Um, okay. The, uh, the only one escape from Danamora, that one real one in the US, New York State, that's actually quite accurately done. Took them months. So, um, but if they want the truth, they have to uh, either read Unforgiving Destiny or listen to it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, question for you here. Later on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll uh, I'll put all the links because. Uh, um, uh, Peter here from Thailand Bound has said, uh, after the escape, how did you get out of Thailand? Quickly is the answer to that one. Um, I knew that uh, everybody else had come and stuck, including the Israelis who'd nearly been killed um, by having a poor plan. And that's why the, the I, I had trusted somebody that I barely knew who was connected with the Chinese uh, crooks in Bangkok. And to Trevor, can you or anybody watching? Can you imagine you're in deep cack, and you have uh, met a connection, and he's told you this? Um, I've got you gave me a photo. I've had a passport freshly stolen uh, in Jakarta. It's got your picture in it now. It's got the visa in it now. It's been put through the airport computer. Not only that, I've got it all packed up and ready for you, hidden behind the mirror of a small toilet in a flat to which I'll give you the key. But if you get caught or captured, uh, you better swallow that key because you better not say, you know, where that belongs to. Mm. People won't like it. I actually made a little tag for that key. So you'd be thinking... This is all a load of cobblers. There won't be any passport. And if there is something there, it, 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 it won't be any good. And really, there's a whole... We could spend a day talking about how you judge whether somebody's okay. And when you're paying for underground services, how you know what to pay and whether it's going to do you any good. This is a whole different thing. But I was in that little toilet my hands groping up around behind the mirror by about uh, nine, uh, eight o'clock in the morning. And I felt the corner of the envelope and was very pleased when I opened it to see my own face there. 
somewhat mm. grainy because the photo had been taken from a, an old radio um, license certificate that I had um, when I was young. And, uh, oh, and, when, and I took that, went to the airport and found that uh, the two ATM cards that I had left, one of them didn't work. So I was only left with $500 to get out of Dodge City, um, which uh, I've been... Uh, was enough and it was best that i went to singapore even though they would have thrown me straight back to thailand they have the death penalty there anyway mm, yeah. um but uh they'd done a very good job on this passport it looked a bit iffy so the immigration at singapore put it under the ultraviolet light scanner and it came up glowing wonderfully happy days so I, you were I, out done and dusted that uh, i can tell you that the um uh, my Chinese friend who uh, helped me on that, he's a restaurant owner in Sydney today. Some unseen benefactor gave him wow. the money to start up a business. I, I don't know. Well, David, um, I've, got, I've got a couple more questions and I'm going to yeah. uh, let you go. It's been fascinating, absolutely incredible, and I can't thank you enough for sharing everything that uh, you shared with us. Um, guys that are watching this, um, I have to, I, I've got to just say that this did make me laugh. Uh, gentleman Jack says, come on, this is put on. He's a paid actor. You are desperate for content. Apparently, you never did this, David. <laughs> no, no. In fact, my, my next gig is this afternoon in which um, <laughs> I play um, a Catholic priest who's been disgraced by being you know, fiddling <laughs> anyway, with Anyway, not to worry. Yeah, mm. brilliant. Um, the, the question is, uh, where is it? Um, oh, just oh, the trouble is when I got on this, it just it zooms around. Um, yeah. the question was knowing what you've known now, would you do it all again? There you go. Uh, what would you do differently? Sorry, so Anthony says, Question is, if you did it all again, what would you do different? I guess uh, Tony's talking about uh, my whole life there. Look, mm. I, um, I, it, it's a bit of a conflict in a way. I certainly, uh, wouldn't go into the smuggling business uh, and really, as somebody pointed out to me once, look, if you've got any abilities to do something, it, there's better things you can do than lugging drugs around the world. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Um, it's not that, I mean, I think all drugs should be legalized anyway, so uh, that would wipe out the black market. But that aside, um, I did take advantage of the, the price difference. But um, as, as I could, if that's any, but still no justification. But here's the thing. I had that, uh, that experience in Thailand um, showed me a part of the world I'd never otherwise know anything about. And mm. you become the person you have to be to survive. And I learned that later on in, in Karachi in Pakistan, when again I was on uh, death row for something else. Well, David, that's, yeah. uh, that's a fascinating, fascinating story, and I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm mm. going to – I'll throw it back out to the, to the people watching. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of people engage here, and, you know, I'd love to invite you back because there's so many other questions that literally we could spend hours talking about this that unfortunately, you know, we don't have time for. But I would love to invite you back – maybe in a, in a couple of weeks' time or whatever, and maybe pick up where we left off, if, if that would be okay for you. Yeah, no, that's uh, fine with me. It'll, it'll give people a chance to um, uh, challenge me on a few things or, or, yeah, or look me up yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, for sure. 
there, there's quite a bit of information. I mean, I've got my own little um, YouTube channel, but it's it's just there. Look, I do it a bit the way you do, just for mm. for laughs, you know. Um, yeah, well, but, I don't know about uh, NASA. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't wouldn't know. think I'd be smiling, climbing over seven walls and eight and eight more, and then going swimming through the uh, Mars bars. Okay, well, look, what I'll do is I'll put yeah. all your all your information in the description below, guys. If you want to connect with David, David, would it be okay for people to email you? Is there, is there an email I can yeah, share with yeah. them? Um, look, if they go to the website davidmcmillan.net, um, they can. Um, there's a contact box there. They okay, brilliant. So, that, so. what I'll do is once we finish the live stream, I'll put all that information. I've got the links to all of your books. There's three books, I believe. Uh, well, the, the only one that's really uh, the one that's the best for somebody who doesn't know anything is probably is certainly the new one, Unforgiving Destiny, because it has the escape in it and has the 40 years sort of uh, running. Yeah, that's the one on the screen. I that's see. One, yeah, I'll forgive you, Destiny. Okay, well, I'll put that yeah. link in the description for you and mm. uh, we'll uh, we'll get All people And I had a whole lot of questions about, um, you know, how Thailand's changed and what's it like there and how come you've got all these people, expats, stuck there at the moment? I guess you can't travel back so easily. Yeah, and you've ended up on the red list. At the Is that true? Thailand's on the yeah. red list? Yeah, so we go at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Uh, Monday morning. Tomorrow morning, 4 a.m., we then hit the uh, the red list. So, yeah. So. Oh, well. Okay, Maybe well, I'm going okay, to... Uh, I'm going to thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, I really do appreciate you sharing what it was like inside. And for sure, you know, I'd love Anytime. to invite you back in another couple of weeks and maybe we can pick up where we're off and uh, you can yeah. you can ask yeah. your questions because I know there's still a lot here that have not uh, been answered. So uh, thank you so much indeed for what's been right. an incredible time. We'll catch up soon then. All right. Take Brilliant. Care thank you so much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So uh, that was David McMillan. Um, you know, I think what I'd like to take away from this was the fact that David was very honest about life inside and about what he had to endure, etc. And, and, you know, the, the issues are that there's so much more we could have asked him. And, you know, we could have probably done this for four or five hours and uh, still had still plenty left uh, to uh, to discuss with David. But I will I will uh, ask him to come back in a couple of weeks. I, I found that fascinating. Um, I hope you did too. You know, irrelevant to what he did to get into be uh, put into prison. That's that's never here nor there. You know, that's that's life's cho choices. But the fact is, I wanted to understand what it was really like inside. And I have to say, some of those, uh, some of what David told us there was quite frankly, uh, you know, wow, just wow. You know, so uh, yeah. So what a fantastic uh, interview. I really, really enjoyed that, and I'm glad you guys joined us. All right, so back to what uh, is normal normality of Trev now. I'm afraid it's. Uh, I feel like a bit of, a, of an anticlimax now. We've gone from like this, this like really like really in deep like knowledge of what is like one of the most famous prisons here to now just looking at me. <laughs> so there we go, guys. All right, well that's um that's David. So we're gonna push on now. That was I really really enjoyed that. I really really enjoyed that. And. Uh, Anthony Sullen says to me, when are you going inside? I did my stretch in um, in a Anoka County Jail, believe it or not, Anoka County Jail. I've, I've told you this, guys, before anyway, and I can assure you it was nothing like what Dave's just explained to us all there. Uh, it really was a breeze in the park. It really was. Uh, D-Rock says there, great job, Trev, bringing back. Absolutely, uh, you know, really, really do. Um, 
Steve Arthur, flipping hell, mate. Can you not go and do something a bit more productive than giving me grief about Arsenal? Come on. Yes, we got absolutely spanked. Unbelievable. You know, it is uh, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know what's going on, really. And the trouble is, you know, if Arteta's a sensible lad, he's clearly not connecting with the team. But if he's a sensible lad, what he'll do is he'll just carry on so they sack him. Because if they sack him, he'll have to get a severance pay. If he was to quit then he wouldn't get uh, wouldn't get a great deal. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's what he's doing. But, yeah, it's awful. No doubts about that. Uh, Nick Franco, what a great interview. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Dalo says, what a great guy, and he looks like your favourite granddad. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, really, really good. Right, so let's uh, let's push on. And uh, what I will do is I'll say I'll, I will invite David back uh, in another, another chat in a, in a couple of weeks' time, and, uh, you know, we can – uh, line up some more some more questions for him. Right, so who has seen, unfortunately, my fitness challenge video that I put out the other day? So coming up this week, I stupidly arranged to do this with the dive bar. And uh, I thought to myself, these girls challenged me to a bit of, of a, a fitness challenge. I thought, oh, stroll in the park, that'd be easy. So the actual video will be out this week. But here's a little snippet for those of you that haven't seen it when I published it on Thursday. Here's a little snippet of what's coming up. And trust me, today is, no, that's a lie. Yesterday was the first day I could actually walk without any real bad pain. Have a watch of this. So what happened is the girls have challenged me to do a one-on-one -on -one competition. Let's go, come on. Oh, easy one. Guys, whoever said the life of YouTubers was easy was wrong. Is that it? We finished? Yeah. Uh, pelvic thrusts. A bit of a... Oh, my good Lord. My mother watches this. Bums up. Okay. One. Oh, oh, two. Three. Four. Five. Oh, my God. Six. Eight. Nine. Oh, my God. Ten. Flipping egg. Check these guns out, eh? Bad boys. Yeah. Oh, look, seven. And out reminds me of Carry On with Barbara Windsor. Bing! Oh, oh. Okay. You do remember I'm 54, yeah? Right, okay, let's go, let's go. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. Two, flipping out. Three. Oh, what do you mean slow? Four. Now I can assure you, much to your amusement, it was hell. It really was. It's I think it's called like TRX or something like that. Basically, they got these straps. They drill them into the wall, and uh, they, they just like do all these weird exercises. So that's coming out soon, and uh, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, where, where, uh, where are we? I've, I've lost it now. Yeah, yeah, this is the, that's, that's the one to look at. What a stupid idea. Tip smashed me, and she really did absolutely destroy me. I came out of there in absolute bits i really did so if you fancy a bit of a laugh uh, at my expense have a watch of it it was a bit fun and uh man flipping hell it, uh, literally i go cycling as you know i, I like to cycle like uh, at least three times a week sometimes more and uh i haven't i haven't been able to go i haven't been able to do it literally i haven't i have not sat on the on the either the mountain bike or the road bike since that day and i made that video last week on tuesday unbelievable now steve arwood says that's no jane fonda workout mate you look like a stranded whale 
Indeed, mate. Indeed. I have absolutely no issues with that whatsoever. It really was. Uh, it was just, oh, man, it was just so, so painful. And actually, during the actual fitness, uh, I'm doing another one. Uh, we're going to do three. There's three girls. Uh, and also, tip uh, that you just saw there, she's going to be doing the buzzing bag game. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm getting bored of that now. I'm getting absolutely smashed every time. I just don't get how they work this stuff out. You know, I know it's a bit of fun. And I know it's like just to have a laugh, but seriously, like they just, I don't know how they do it. They just, they, they just hold things. Oh yeah, it's that. I mean, I, I, a cable tie, like a zip tie. And she went, oh yeah, zip tie. I mean, unless you're into some kinky stuff. I mean, how the hell did you work that? She's not exactly an electrician, is she? Let's be honest. I mean, flipping it. So anyway, that didn't go, uh, that didn't go to, to plan. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's that's what uh, what I'm going to do now. Peter, Peter at Thailand Band, guys, if you haven't uh, jumped over, have a look at Thailand Band. Peter, he's got a YouTube channel there, Thailand Band, and uh, he's he's a good lad. I I missed Friday. I'm sorry, Peter, I missed you Friday. So I watched it today, and it was uh, it was really good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, not today, sorry, yesterday. I've lost track of my days now. Was it yesterday? I spoke to you. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Um, yeah, really, really good. So have a look over there. And you've lost 15 kilos in weight. Not easy. Fair play to you, my friend. Well, you're more than welcome to get yourself over it. And I'll happily take you down to uh, engage with Tip. And uh, tomorrow is uh, – not tomorrow. So this week is my – uh, and then next week, I can't sure what I'm going to do, but you're welcome to have a go, my friend. You're welcome to have a go. Uh, Anthony Sutherland says she kicked the bottles out. Yeah, she did, mate. Flipping egg. It was awful. It was awful. Um, Paul Hoskins says, is there an exercise to help you with your pint lifting arm? It's called the buzzing bar. <laughs> what, a, what a cheap pun that was, wasn't it? Yeah, the buzzing bar. Um, Steve says, bro, I love the ladies. Indeed, indeed, you do. The trouble is, mate, Let's be honest, you change your opinion with these girls like the weather. I mean, it's just like unreal. So uh, now I want to go to this, actually. Let, let me show you. So um, as you know, we're doing the, the support for the uh, people out here. And it's been going really, really well. And I can't thank you enough for all of your support. And I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Guys, those of you that were kind enough to send in some super chats during the interview there with David, please, thank you so much. I wasn't being rude. I really, really wasn't. I just wanted that interview to flow. So I do apologize. But thank you so much. And the, um, and the annoying thing about this is the um, the stream, uh, I use StreamYard. And once the Super Chat it, it sits there for a uh, amount of time, then it disappears. And I can't actually go back and find it. So I do apologize. Um, but what I want to do is just update you. So this is the latest one. And I want to talk about something after. This. Well, let, let's just watch this first. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Uh, welcome to day five. The milk, noodles, the rice noodles, the eggs. So uh, this is uh, this is where we stay. So we're going to give them four sets of uh, food and meals. Oh, Kondia. So one, one, one for son and two daughters. And I look so you can I have. What do you want, young man? Get out of my chair. Put it away. Oh my Dude, I like your hair. <laughs> Happy high five, high five me. What happened? Did you fall over in front of a llama? You'll end up like me. I want a picture. Look at that. Same, same, but different. Happy days. That lad was so funny. He was lovely, bless him. And uh, so we handed out a lot of stuff now. Remember at the very beginning part there where I said about the fact that we were walking into that area. I've covered this a few times. Remember the lady with the with the bad leg that's got the walking stick? 
Well, we've had horrendous, horrendous rain. Like, it's been just unforgiving. It really has. And it's flooded the city out and everything. And I've got to be honest with you, on Friday, when the, when the first real bad day came, it was bad. Yesterday, it was just as bad. Maybe not, not completely destroyed the soils, but it wasn't far away. And it really got me thinking. And I'm sat here, and I can actually look from my condo. I can look over to where they kind of like are. And it just got playing on my mind. I thought to myself, you know, they're sat there in this incredible monsoon with zero, and I'm talking zero protection. And it really did upset me. So I contacted uh, David, David that comes out with us and does the uh, the donation, hands out, helps me with the handout, does the filming. And I said, look, man, I said, this is really, really playing on my mind. I said, I really just, I'm really like worrying about it. And so long story short, what we did is we started investigating rooms that are available. Now we can pick a room up here for like 2,000, 3,000 baht a month. It's pennies. It's nothing. So anyway, um, basically I went to, uh, to uh, look around and see what was available. And there are rooms available, but check this out, right? So this morning, I went up there this morning. I, I sat here and I went out and I thought, right, I want to go up and I want to go and see them. So I went up there and they were sat in there. They were half and half. And I can't explain it without showing you. But basically where they were huddled under, where they got these, you know, like the old um, real estate billboards, the, the big plastic that they use. Well, what they do is they take in summer and they try to make a, a makeshift roof. But it was, it, was, it was pointless. It was worthless. There was rain everywhere. And half of the other place was ankle deep in water and like a lot of their pots and pans that they'd left outside where they couldn't cover were all like full up of water with the rain etc so i said to them this morning i said look i said i'm really finding it's very difficult to sit where i sit in my drier place look over to where i know you guys are staying and knowing that you're in this this situation so i offered them this morning i said look i want to put you into a room and I want to help you for, I'll put you into a room for you because the reason they're in this situation was simply because the gentleman, you you might've seen about he had a Lucifer t-shirt on. Well, he used to work at Lucifer's. Lucifer's obviously is closed. They, they've had to let all the staff go. He then in turn couldn't afford to pay the rent in the room that they were staying in, which was down in Calnoy and the loving landlord that uh, they were staying in kicked him out and they had nowhere to go. So they stay in this, this, this shack. So I said to him today, look, I really do feel bad. It's playing on my mind. It really does. It does. It It really does play on my mind. I said, look, let me help you. I'll rent you a room for a year and I'll pay the electric and the water because it, it won't be a lot of money. I said, and, and, you know, you can get back on your feet. And, you know, one thing when things change, I'm sure, you know, I know Lucifer's is going to open. I know the owners, etc. You know, hopefully you can get back on your feet. And they blew me away because they turned around and said, thank you. It's really, really kind, but we have three dogs and we can't leave our dogs. And I was just like, I mean, I've got, a, I've got two dogs and I love animals. Don't get me wrong. I love animals, but I was just, I just looked at them and I was like, but you're soaking wet. You've got no protection from the rain. Like this is just unbelievable. And they just said, look, you know, we'll be okay. It's okay. You know, and like we've got the rainy season to come yet. You know, this isn't even the rainy season. This isn't the monsoons. We've got them still to come. So I was just absolutely like blown away by that. And I thought to myself, how in the world can you sit there like they were in these incredible conditions and 
not well they did reject me yeah, and, and just say look you know what we we've got three dogs we can't just leave our dogs and that was what happened so i went off i bought them some food and some water and i bought them some um some nice nice food uh, not, not not saying that what we hand out is not nice but what i meant was i went and bought some actually so i bought some um, love guy some uh, um uh bam uh, i bought them some things i thought would be quite nice that they don't get when we do the food out because they're expensive well not expensive but if you're buying like 50 of them it's expensive so anyway so i went out and then what david came back to me was and david said why don't we buy them a, a two bedroom like you know the tents that you can get like i mean in england i don't know if it's still going now called millets but you used to be able to buy a millets tent a big two-man tent so i'm gonna go look at that and uh oh joe thank you so much indeed my friend hey trev have a drink on me and for, for the food donation thanks thank you very much my friend it's really really kind of you thank you so much it really is much appreciated um so yeah um in fact, actually, we're, uh, the glutton says, go buy a good tent. Yeah, that's what we plan to do now. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy them a tent, and uh, I'm going to take that money uh, for the tent from the from what we got for donations and food and stuff because uh, we can do that. And I want to go and uh, put them in this tent because, honestly, God, and, and you see, this is – can I, can I be rude? Can I be honest? Can I, can I be honest and say how I really feel? Well, I'm going to say it anyway. So if you don't like it, I'm going to say it. But what fucks me off? is people keep saying to me, oh, you know, your channel, you're turning it into a begging channel, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Let me just tell you this. There would be only so much I could do as an individual person to help people that we've been out and helped. Having the power of this channel, which is a powerful channel, you know, and it's incredible. The community we've got here, I will stand in front of any other YouTube or any other person and I will defend this community as much as I can because we have an incredible community. But the point being is, and this is why I don't get why these negative, I'm not, I won't say it because I won't be able to play this, this uh, YouTube video, but what gets me most is they say to you, oh, it's just a begging channel. I don't take one single bar from any donation and that money goes every single week out to the to what we do and i show you what we're doing and the reason i show it is simply because i don't want to be oh well we've got all that money i, I said to dave this morning i was talking to david's myself and i said what we had in the in, you know i've got we've got sixty four thousand three hundred twenty eight baht still in our kitty which means i've got money for at least another three and a half maybe four visits plus whatever else we get during that time why is that a bad thing it really does rattle my cage. Why is that a bad thing that I just happen to talk about what we're doing and showing you? Because here we go, right? Uh, Jimmy says, no, sorry, Jimmy, but it does, mate. You know how I am, mate. It me off. It really does because, okay, everyone send me money. Thank you very much. And I don't do nothing to show you what I'm doing with it. So then I'm going to get, oh, yeah, you're another scammer, blah, blah, blah. And I would get that. I would totally get that. Of course I would because – if you give someone loads of money and you see nothing back in return, you think to yourself, well, hang about. Like, what's going on there? Um, Gordon, thank you so much, my friend. That's very, very kind. You're absolutely top man. Thank you so much indeed. Um, so, like, I show you what we're doing, and I'm wrong for that. And I'm like, man, you know, do you know what I'd love to do? I, and I don't care who they are, big, small, tall, old, fat, thin. I couldn't give a monkey's toss. Let's do a charity boxing. Anyone of you trolls out there that think I'm a, I'm a blagger, let's put your, put yourself where your money is and your mouth, and let's get it done. And we'll do it sponsored. And I'll happily. I'm 54. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. 
But I'll tell you what, I'd train my nuts off and I would get back in the ring again just to silence you once and for all. So I'll tell you what, if you want to troll me and say I'm a scam and all the rest of it, put your money where your mouth is and get your ass down there. Let's, let's do it. And I couldn't give a damn if you kicked my ass all around the ring. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. What would bother me is the fact that you've got the nuts to come and stand up and say it to my face. Anyway, let's move on from that, shall we? Sorry. Sorry, I was just having a bit of a rant. It does wind me up, though. You know what I mean? It really does. Flipping hell. Um, here on I was saying, thank you so much, my friend. That's so kind of you. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Very, very kind of you. Uh, Trev, you won't run out of donations. Well, let me put it a different way. So, so let me talk about the long plan. The long plan is once things do recover, I expect these people to be able to go back and support themselves. So, of course, I will look to, to steer away from this. And, you know, maybe there'll be the odd people like these people that we're going to get the tent. And I will get the tent. I'm going to buy the tent. All right, there you go. We'll buy this tent. Thank you so much for everybody. I will buy the tent. I'll put the bloody thing up myself and David and Mike and whatever will help me. And I'll video it so you can see what we're doing. And um, so, anyway, once things do resume back to a bit more normality, then I don't know where we'll go. Obviously, I don't want to, you know, keep doing this not not that's a really i don't mean it that way the demand the requirement should be less once we do open up etc etc and like there are a few people out there that i think you know the lady if you watch the other videos there's a lady that sits on her own that sells the um uh, the garbage she goes and gets the garbage she sells that so i will try and support her um there's a small family which we go to uh, where the the gentleman's cat died um he, you know, they, they, they're out in the sticks a little bit. And uh, obviously these people that are, we're going to go and get the tent for. The villages, the big villages. Now, I don't think we need to do that. I don't, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. But anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Paddy, you know, the Buzzing Potato community is the best on the YouTube. Industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Simon says they're just wasters, Trev. But they do wind me up, mate. You know, because I just... Listen, if you want to troll me and say I'm a fat, whatever, I, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. You say I'm an ugly motherfucker. Well, tell me something no one hasn't said to me before. doesn't bother me. But when they pick on the, the people that I'm doing something wrong, well, they're not, that does rattle my cage. So, yeah, if you're watching this and you're a troll, now you know what ticks my boat. Crack on. Keep winding me up. It, you know, it does piss me off. It really does. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um. Raina says, I sent you my whole pocket money. Why are you complaining? I'm not complaining. Where am I complaining? I've said thank you a million times. Uh, right, where are we? Um, these days, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so, you know, um, good idea to buy the people uh, uh, a tent. Yeah, I will. Uh, we will do it. We'll definitely do it. No no dramas about that. I will go out there. Um I can get one on. I think we get one on Lazada. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, we'll do it definitely. Uh, Steve says, "Trev, what about getting the workmen that are doing the repairs that the kids are?" Yeah, I did think about that, but the problem I think we got there is I don't think they're actually like entitled to be on that land. It's, it's an old. I tell you what, the land is. It's an old tip. It used to be a dumping ground, and gradually over time, I go back now for I don't know. Well, you you probably know as well, Steve. I mean, how many years ago was it? when it was just a tip opposite the uh, expat food shop at the top of the hill there. Um, I mean, oh, five years ago, maybe it, it was just an old tip. So the people used to dump all their refuse there. And then gradually over time, like the trees now have grown and then the, it's, it's sort of like 
made itself into a into a land kind of thing and then they put the sand on top to, to suppress the smell so i don't know whether they could do but with a, at least with the tent they can pick it up and move it if that's what they're told to do hopefully they won't and hopefully that'll never happen but it's there if it does uh, james thank you very much my friend that's very very kind of you absolutely fantastic thank you my friend um oh damn see now me, me things just gone nuts here this is what i don't get oh we go right I'm back up again i'll tell you what uh, peter from thailand band he uses this system i'm sure you must get the same as me peter where it just like you're talking suddenly goes and then you're like 40 comments out what's all that about um where are we uh Crypto says Queensbury rules. Mate, I'll do any rules. I couldn't give a damn. Bring it on. I ain't, I ain't afraid. Listen, I'm not a hard man, but I'm not scared. I'm not, I'm not a coward. I'll fight anybody. I don't care. It really doesn't bother me. Whether I win or lose, it's irrelevant. It really does not bother me. I, I would, I will fight anyone. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not that I'm hard, but I'm not, I'm not scared. That's all I'll say. I'll do my best. Uh, Simon, thank you so much indeed, my friend. That's very, very kind of you. Uh, as with Jimmy there, Jimmy, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, and this is what i'm saying like this is why i just don't get it like you know we've got such an incredible community and we're doing so many good things and yet people want to be negative anyway let's move on shall we um uh ned Myers says uh oh jayen yeah <laughs> i know i know i know but sometimes it does enough you know if if you sent me all this money and i showed zero back i could understand it or i said oh yeah i went out and i bought a pen I could understand it, but you know, we've done five weeks now of handing out. We've done food up in Karat. I've, I've done all that stuff with the orphanage, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, sleeping Frank says, yeah, knuckle. Yeah. BK, uh, BKFC bare knuckle fighting championships. Um, I'm actually getting involved with them. They've come to me and asked me if I'll do some interviews for some of the fighters, um, which I'm going to do. So yeah, happy days, happy days. Love it. Uh, Peter, thank you so much, mate. Uh, £10 towards the tent, mate. Don't listen to this, what they do. Yeah, do you get the same problem, though, Peter, with the with the StreamYard, where it just, like, wangs up and then you lose all the all, all your traction? Do you, do you lose any of that? Uh, Anti Sullen, pay-per-view boxing. Yeah, god damn. Anyway. Rainer says, you're so angry. No, I'm not angry, mate. I'm not angry. But, you know, it does upset me. Oh, I'm, anyway, let's change the subject. Let's talk about good things. Where are we now? One, one hour, 34 happy days. Um, Norman says, why does it have to come down to violence? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, that's that's a fair one. I'll take that. That's a fair one. It shouldn't do, shouldn't it, really? Yeah, you're, you're right there. It shouldn't. But I don't know, mate. I just get I get so disappointed in people. And, you know, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't be violence. You are right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, point taken. I'll take that one. Um. Where are we? Uh, Joe Ford. Joe, thank you, my, my friend. I can't fight. I had two fights in my life and lost both. Mate, listen, there's nothing good about fighting. Do you know what I mean? I mean, when I was a kid, I was awful. I was a horrible person. My mum will tell you this. I was awful. I was a very... Um, oh, I can't actually say it on here because I'll probably get blocked. I was just... I was a horrible kid. You know, I, I was an angry kid and I would think of... I, the problem with me was... And I don't know. Maybe people that can relate to this. I don't know. So I'm not very clever. Okay, I'm not very clever. And, okay, I'm 54 now, so I've learned a bit. But re rewind to, like, when I'm 14, 15. I wasn't very sharp. So when people used to use big words, I couldn't understand them or I, I couldn't get my head around them. So I only did what I could do best, and that was use these, you know. And, I, and I, it's nothing proud. It's nothing good. It's just that was what my get-out-of-jail card was. You know, if you're sitting there 
being all clever and, and smart with your words and all the rest of it and making me feel inadequate and insecure, then I would just do what I knew best, and that was to lash out. And, you know, yeah, I'm not proud of my, what I've done. I think that was awful the way I did. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to condone what I do. And, yeah, you know, old habits die hard, I guess. There I am getting angry, saying, let's have it. And so I think it's because I don't feel like I'm not – I don't want to be in control, but I don't feel like I've got a position to be able to answer them. Does that make sense? So, like, when people are trolling me, I want them to say it to my face. Not because, well, yeah, I suppose because I don't want to chin them. But, no, not because I want to chin them. But I want to have the ability to look them in the eye and say, right, get on my motorbike. I'll show you what we do. And then you show me what you're doing to help. Anyway, let's not get on this because it's uh, – Raina says you're so funny when you're angry. <laughs> Mate, you want to see me mum. When my mum gets angry, oh, man. Do you know what? Years ago oh, – oh, well, I'll tell you this one, right? So, years ago, right, what happened was – um, my mate Stevie Ed, he, he was one of my best mates when I was a kid. Me and him were brilliant. My mum, she'd be sitting there going, Oh, God, Stephen Ed, God, yeah. But you know, we were young, we were just kids, so you know, what does it matter? But anyway, yeah, me and my mate Stevie Ed, we went up to our school and we did the old spray. We, we well, basically, we had a we had a, a religious education teacher called Mr. Piggott, and uh, what we did was we broke in, and that he happened to be my form tutor, so uh, we used to have these old wooden huts. So we broke in, and he was, a, he was a religious education teacher. So we turned all his crosses upside down, turned his pictures of Jesus and all that upside down, and uh, we, we left. Then we went around the sports hall, and we sprayed all kinds of garbage, really. We're just being idiots. But we did it in the middle of the night. So anyway, so Steve was staying at my house. When we got back, we went round the back to sneak in. Well, we had this patio doors, and my mum's on here, so my mum will tell you. So basically, I've opened the door, and well, actually, I didn't know that's a light. I, I looked round the corner of the door, and at then, and then days, my mum used to smoke, and she was sat. So when you imagine I'm looking through the patio door, our sofa was facing the patio door, and she was sat there, and there was this glowing red thing where she's, God, when he gets back, I'm gonna kill him. And so I was like, shit, my mum's awake. So obviously, we couldn't go through that way. So what we did was we went around opened the front door, nipped upstairs, went to sleep, and that was it. Well, in the morning, knock on my door, your mum wants to see you. Oh, man, I was in so much trouble. But the best of it was, what really was great, was my mum thought I'd been out partying. <laughs> to this day, mum, you used to, well, no, no, because I, I think I told you, yeah, you knew about this. But at the time, my mum thought I'd been out partying and ran my mate's house. But really, I'd been up to school, and I'd just graffitied it and destroyed the uh, religious education's uh, uh, form room, so Mr. Piggott's. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, hey-ho, we do silly things when we're kids, don't we? I'm sure you lot have done some some silly stuff. Uh, Lost in Australia, by the time, I will do, buddy, I will do. You've gone a bit quiet on Discord, mate. Come on, what's going on? I'm used to having, like, 8 million messages from you. <laughs> um, same, same, but it was a trip. Have you had a fight with my own colleague? Do you know what? It's weird, isn't it? And, and so... People that are boxers will relate to what I'm saying to you now. People with good head movement, and I didn't have good head movement. That's why my nose is like that. But people with good head movement would move, and they would catch the hooks on their ears. And that's why they get cauliflower ears. So they'd, they'd lean for bang, ah, oh, flipping out. And that's why they got me. I was just stupid. I was straight on the doors. So, like, people were very easy just to go, add that, mate. That's like, whatever. Um, uh, where are we? So, let uh, Rainer says, man, thanks a lot. I'm overwhelmed by this fantastic community we have here. 
at China Man Paddy Jimmy's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible community. We really are very, very blessed. Uh, deep breath. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, you know, anyway, all right. Thank Jeffs. Thank you so much indeed, my friend. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, Paul, brilliant, mate. Tell it. Well, I do. Uh, you know, I'm not clever like where I can hide things with these like long-winded words and like, you know, when you start getting more than seven letters in a word, I get out of my comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? I don't really understand half of these words. People send me stuff and I'm like, flipping heck, what's that mean? I can't, there was a word the other day someone sent to me and I thought, what are you going on about? And I had to Google it. Uh, RS Hangover says, Trevor, I love your ears. <laughs> my ears are good, aren't they? They're like, do you know what? It's Patty or Jimmy, right? He's one guy I do want to see because he's going to get smacked around the ear. He is. For the simple reason being is no one has ever, ever mentioned my ears for 54 years until that tick come along. And then he goes on to Discord and starts giving me grief. And now everybody's hammering my ears. Look at my ears. I don't even know what I'm saying because I know they're not big, but you lot are just going to keep on at me because that's because I'm stupid. But anyway, Jimmy, man, you've got a lot to answer for. It's a good job I like you, isn't it, eh? Uh, oh, talk to the devil. There you go. No battering Trevor about the ring. You can have a go, mate. I mean, look, let's face it. Lee is going to batter your ring, isn't she? We all know about that. Um, Kobe says language. To yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Tyler says, try making videos about Bargo. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. I mean, I, you know, funny enough, it's one thing's reopened. I have got a load of girls that want to do interviews, believe it or not, but they won't do them right now because they're worried that uh, obviously they'll get done for interviewing. And also there's nothing, you know, they can't say, hello. Oh, I, I would like you to come and see me. You know, they can't do any of that. So obviously they're not going to get anywhere. But yeah, uh, Michael, thank you very much indeed, my friend. That's so kind of you. Oh, sorry, me, me, uh, me. Oh, man, it's just gone. I've lost half of my flipping comments now. What's going on here? This is what I'm saying. Like, you know, that they just zip along. Um, oh, man. All right, I've done there. I've got there. I've got there. Kevin, I've said thank you to you, Kevin. That's very kind of you. Um, now that's disappeared. Why is that? Well, Rich, thank you so much, my friend. Peter, do you have this problem? I'm thinking I might have to bin this stream yard off, you know, and try something else because it really is. Um, it really is a bit annoying, to be fair. Uh, Philip says, "Does Tip have an Instagram?" Yes, she does. Do you want it? Uh -uh. <laughs> later, boys. Later. Um, uh, do they want a tent buzz? Better ask them first. They might house their dogs in it. I, I think they would. I think that would work. We get them a two-man tent, a two-bedroom tent. Sorry, a two-bedroom tent. Then there's that, there's always that like awning part at the front end. The dogs can sit in there. I'm sure they can take care of them. Um, I, I, I've no problem with that. Um, uh, Kobe said, if the privately owned, if the land's not privately owned, it might belong to state. I don't know. It was an old. It was an old tip. It was actually an old dumping ground. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, Greeny made a video about opening. I haven't seen anything in the news. Are you talking about opening up Thailand? Is that what you're re referring to, my friend? Um, yeah, that's a quality statement. It? Kill them with success and kill them with a smile. Yeah, what a great – I love that. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I like that. That's good. It's success and with a smile. Happy days. Um, Ekan says, uh, what's that? Uh, my bim rai. Uh, means um, it doesn't matter. Relax. Uh, Jimmy says, Trevor won't fight me because I'm super hard. He's on about his leg. I told you before, when when I go down the beach, like, I, I put like factor, factor 
10 or 15 on. He uses Johnson's wood varnish. <laughs> I love him. He's brilliant. Honestly, he's absolutely. I rang him for the first time ages ago. Couldn't understand a bloody word he said. He's got a really deep Scottish accent. I, I was just like going, yeah, okay, mate. Yeah, yeah, okay. I put the phone up. What the hell did he say? <laughs> um, Steve says, Trev, any update on the bug eating contest with Jimmy? Well, you know, you see, th this is what I'm saying. See, like, with, with regards to Jimmy, Jimmy's quick to throw it in, but he's not quick to stand and deliver. So he likes to throw it in and, and have his bit. But what we said was, um, I would challenge Jimmy to do a sponsored bug eating competition, thinking that he would step up to the mark and, you know, be a man, take it on the jaw and all the rest of it and support what we're doing. I'm just waiting for the answer because the first 10 answers he gave me were not very polite. So I don't know. You know, what do you reckon, guys? What do you reckon? Do you think he should do it? Do you think Jimmy? Oh, see, look, here we go. Look, he's straight and look, no bug eating, thanks. Man, whatever. Um, Steve said, tens of two. I want to get a decent one, mate. Yeah, you are right. We saw, I thought we were looking at ones that were like about two or 3,000, but they were decent quality because there's no point putting a, you know, something up there, especially Lazada. Let's be honest, half the stuff they deliver is just crap. So I'd rather um, buy them a decent one and then we know then we're, we're good. We're good. Ah, Peter says StreamYard's never had that problem. So what I do, mate, is on the right-hand side here, where the comments come in, they, all of a sudden they'll just jump to the last comment. I'm like, flipping hell, where did all that go? <clears throat> Jake Paul, yeah. See, now, isn't, isn't that a classic example of how a sport can sell its soul out? There are guys out there that have boxed for years, trained all their life, given up their life to try and excel in the sport so they can reach the top and maybe – get a decent pay packet or, you know, reach the success of being the number one, et cetera, et cetera. And in comes some bloody YouTuber with a load of dollar and gets to fight one of the most iconic boxers in the world. We're not really fighting because he played with him, but do you know what I'm saying? It just is naughty, isn't it, really? It's naughty. I mean, you shouldn't do that. Decathlon Sports, just up from, yeah, I know Decathlon Sports. I'm, if, if they're open, we'll go there. We, we will definitely go there. Um, Rain says, I guess you need an assistant for doing the hard work. What about hiring a bar girl for office work? Well, we've got Bo. Bo's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And uh, she's coming on leaps and bounds. She really is. But what I am going to need in the near future, well, not the very near future, but certainly within a couple of months, once things start to happen, I am going to need someone to come and help me. Um, I want someone that's good in sales because you're not really going to have to sell what we're going to offer because it's so good that people should be jumping at it anyway. But I just don't have the time to go and do it. So I want to find someone that can do that. HSJ Stigger, sponsor me. I'll go in the ring. You're like, oh, mate. Let's yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I don't really want to do this with you because I don't have a big, but yeah, if we want to do some fun or whatever, we'll video it. I, I'm mate. When, whenever you're over here, Absolutely. I don't know how old I see. I'm saying, yes, you could be like some 25, 30 year old muscle band ex boxer, like proper bo or boxer now and beat me around the ring. Well, no, don't beat me around the ring. That's Lee's job with Jimmy. But you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, I'd love to have a go, mate. I'm, I'd need to train because obviously I haven't done it for a long time, but I, I'd need to train. Well, I say not done it, but I'd, I'd need to get fighting fit, not sparring fit. That's rubbish. Um, uh, Evans Music 2009 says, your food drops make so much difference. Love you all. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, we're just trying our best. You know what I mean? We're doing what we can. And, uh, you know, that's that's all we can do. Uh, Sleeping Frank says, let's go back to the chat about the workout with a dive bar. Yeah, man. You know, it's great fun. You know, the dive. I've got to be honest with you. It's been quite weird. Like, I'll be honest with you. Dive bar. 
I've never really even known about them. And, and you know, I live here. And uh, so, of course, not knowing about them, all of a sudden, I've, I've found these different places and, they invite, and they've got some really, really fun girls. Really, really fun. And so, again, you know, and this is what I'm saying about, like, the buzzing, um, the members card, like the buzzing shop. So, basically, there's so many places now that, to be honest with you, if you're a member, like, and, and let, let me just put this to you this way. Your membership costs, like, I think it's £1.79 a month is the basic entrance. I think it's something like that, £1.59, whatever. But in all fairness, right, I've got – I reckon I've got probably between 15 to 20 places now that are on the on the uh, membership. Like, if you walk in, get your phone out. Right, here you go. There, there's my um, – that's my, my digital uh, picture. And you get a free shot with your first beer. I mean, you 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 know, you you get plastered for basically for one pound seventy nine. <laughs> anyway, um, absolutely correct. Yeah, it's not violence; it's a sport. Yeah, it is a sport, and and this it's funny, isn't it? Like you get these guys that are street fighters, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll have a go." And I'm like, "Dude, you know, I remember when working the doors. The the best ones were the street fighters. They're windmill, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like bang straight through the middle, and they sit down and behave yourself." <laughs> uh, dear. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. HJS Digger, thank you so much indeed, my friend. Um, I know. You, you, you are right. I'm not going to defend what I say. And and it's because I'm I'm ignorant to being able to deal with it another way. I, I lose. I think I think when you resort to violence, I, I think for a lot of people, I think the violence angle isn't because you're a violent person. It's because you don't know how to deal with the situation any other way. You run out of options. You know, if you start talking to me and tie me up in knots verbally, what, what do I do? You know, you make me feel insecure. You make me feel inadequate. I don't know how to respond in a way that's intellectual enough that you can then respond back. And and, and, and that that's half the reason. You know, when I was a kid, I think I'm a nice person, you know, generally. I think I am a generally a nice person. Yeah, I've got my faults. Yes, I've done stupid things. And, you know, from, from learning from those, I, I tend to um, hopefully now I've calmed down a lot. I know I've just had a rant, but you know what I'm saying? But the point being is it is a last resort, but it's a resort that as a youngster, it's very easy to, to use because you're very insecure in the way you deal with the confrontation or the way you deal with a, with an argument. You know, and I remember, you know, when you worked the doors, we were we were encouraged, if I'm being honest, back in the day to give someone a leather in. And it doesn't make it clever or good, but it just meant that they would say, well, I'm not going back there. You know, you misbehave and then you get a battering. And I get that now. You know, you look back and think, oh, that was just the wrong way. But that was that. Whereas nowadays, you know, the tables are turned. You, well, they, well, they call it now, NARDS, isn't it? National Association of Registered Doorman Services. Man, they can't do hardly anything like we used to be able to do back in the day. Um, Nadmai says, a typical, oh, behave. Come on, behave. Um, Norman says, mate, I've done a lot of years banged up because of violence. It don't work. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm with you there, buddy. I'm with you there. Absolutely. Uh, Clever Trevor is a song. <laughs> yeah, what is it they call him? Clever Trevor. Da, da, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, mate. I see it. How fantastic is that? You know, he's, a, he's absolutely top, top man. Um, snails, eat them slowly. Yeah, I like the snails. I like the frogs. Frogs are my favorite. Frogs are my favorite. Uh, Paddy Jimmy says, uh, I can't wait to do the buggy in competition. Thank you very much. Oh, that's good of you, mate. Just tell me what they were doing it. <laughs> um, okay, so why don't the monks of Wat Chai Temple on the South Potato Road let the homeless stay there? They have a multi-story car park that's empty food and don't. 
I don't know. I, I, truthfully, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a good question because a lot of these temples have the ability to to people, you know, to let people stay there. Certainly, a lot more secure and dry than where they are now. So, yeah, I don't actually know the answer to that question. To be fair, um, but it is a very good question. It is a very, very good question. Uh, Philip says, as long as you're not being beaten around the ring by a lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, when I've done that flipping dive bar challenge, I felt like I've been beaten left, right, and center. My goodness me. Uh, right, where are we? Julius says, sometimes you have to fight to survive. No. Yeah, there are obviously, of course, there are circumstances when you've got to deal with it. You know, I'm not saying there isn't, but in general, me as an individual, I, I when I was younger, I got punchy because I was thick and I didn't know how to deal with people being clever and smart. And, and I'll tell you what I used to really, really work bad for for me and good for them was you know like if you're a kid and someone's trying to give you some aggro and they're, they're talking to you and there's girls and that around they all start sniggering and laughing it really does belittle you it makes you feel very very insecure so of course then when you deal with it the way you deal with it and suddenly like they're like oh my god and you're like yeah you're not laughing now are you you know you think it's funny but yeah it's it's not good it's not good uh, Lots around when restaurants open in potato. Well, here we go. So they are allowing very soon, I believe. I'm not quite sure 100%, um, but they are going to allow very, very soon people to go into restaurants. But here, <laughs> if your staff have been vaccinated and have the certificates, and the customers coming in have also been vaccinated, you know what I mean? Uh, Clive Parkhurst, did you bully innocent people to make yourself be a big man? Yes. I'm not proud of it. I'm not I'm not thinking it's a good thing. I, yeah, I did. When I was younger, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, – you know when you're at school, like you got like, oh, he's the hardest in your year, he's the hardest in your school. You know, I was one of those boys. And, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Clive. Yeah, it was awful. A despicable act and something I'm very, very disappointed that I did. I made a few kids' lives misery. Um but, you know, at the time, I was just a kid myself. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying at the time, it was it was what I felt was the, the thing to do. And, yeah, absolutely 100% despicable act. And I'm something I'm very, very ashamed of. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100% couldn't agree with you anymore. Army sought me out. Joined as a boy at 16. Gate. Absolutely. My mum will tell you this. Mum, you're on the channel. You You comment. If I hadn't joined the army, I would have gone to jail for a long time for doing some serious bad things because that was just where I was going. No one could control me. My mum did the best she could, but I made her life hell. And it was just, you know, it was just the thing is when you get yourself in that environment where people perceive you to be a certain person, you've got to stick at it. You can't just turn around. So it really does make things very difficult to break away from. And I can understand, like, gang members in, in you know, America and places like where they get part of these gangs' culture and, you know, they maybe want to step away, but they can't. You know, it's very, very hard because the peer pressure that's put on you is just unbelievable. Uh, right. Uh, Anthony says, did you get any dirty little birdies back to the house? No, mate. Never, ever. Never, ever. Uh, Mark says, hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Just come back from Heathrow. Busy in the airport. Oh, yeah. Great, my friend. Great, my friend. Uh, well, flipping hell. Wow, here we go. Well, one hour 54. Damn, I'm so sorry. I've been chatting away and I've lost uh, I've lost what we're, uh, where we are with time. Flipping hell. We could go on for another half hour, but I know you don't want that to be bored. So flipping hell. I think we need to uh, wrap this up. <clears throat> um, 
All right, let me uh, let me get through. Flipping out. Uh, Ryan says you're 54 years old. Why? How old do you think I was, mate? 80. <laughs> I look it. <laughs> um, Trevor, you're doing great work with all the help to the less fortunate type people. Big up, mate. Thank you very much, my friend. Toothless T. Now, isn't that a coincidental name? There, there, there. That one knocked out. That got knocked out. Never replaced it. Uh, yeah, toothless T. <laughs> And my name's T and I'm toothless. There you go. Uh, Jimmy says, uh, what day do you want to do the bug challenge? I'm happy to eat anything for the kids. Oh, that's very kind of you, my friend. Thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll we'll organise it. Don't worry, we'll organise it. Chong, uh, thank you so much indeed, my friend, for the eight kitty. Keep up the good work, Trev. Love from Noi. Thank you so much indeed, my friend. That's very, very kind of you. I was going to do the, um, uh, what do you call it? I was going to do the old... Uh, Throw the throw the doors open and let you uh, ask me any questions you want. But we're run we've run out of time, haven't we? Really? I mean, I'm happy to carry on a little bit, but if you guys have had enough of me now, um, <clears throat> we'll wrap it up. Uh, Steve Harbour, thank you so much, my friend. Trevor, we all do things we regret when we were young, but it's how you grow as a person. I, for one, think you've turned out a good bloke and proud of. Well, thank you very much indeed, my friend. Yeah, you know, I was a dickhead when I was a kid. I was a, an awful person, a complete bell end. And, um, you know, I did some stupid things. I, I hurt some people that I should never have done. Um, and the problem was with me, like, I was just so stupid. Like, I was so easy. My best, best friend, a guy called Nick Halsey, he was just like, we were inseparable. And it was ironic, right? Here's, let me just finish with this, and then I know you guys all want to go off and spend your day. Um, so Nick Halsey, his family were devout Christians. They used to go to the New Malden Baptist Church every single Sunday, they were in the oh, they were in all these like scout girl guides, brownies, you name it. They did all that, all these things. And he was like, Mister, he was a good looking mother, he really was. And then there was me. And Nick Halsey was the very first guy to ever knock on my door and ask me if I wanted to come out and play. Bear in mind, we were kids back then, and I never forget, it meant the world to me. It, I, nobody would ever come and knock on my door, Trev, do you want to come out and play? And I'm like, Suddenly, like, oh, this this mum's like, Trevor. I'm like, oh, what have we done now? Yeah, there's someone here for you. And I went downstairs and, oh, do you want to come out and play? And I'm like, really? Like, you want to associate with me? And and we formed an, an incredible friendship and have done over the years. And uh, he's, he's such a, such a nice guy. But what I was trying to say was about how you get into this silly situation. His sister, Samantha, Sam Halsey, she was like... We, me and her were destined to like get married and all the rest of it. We were inseparable. Not in that way, though. We were just so glad. And I protected her left, right, and center. You know, everything. I used to have guys coming up to me saying, oh, like, can I ask Sam if she wants to go out? Because she would always use me as a weapon and say, well, you you do that to me. I'll get I'll get Trevor to smack you up. And I did it. Yeah, you know, what an idiot. And, you know, yeah. But that's the, the trouble is, is once you get into that environment, it just continues. It doesn't change, and it takes a long time to get out of it. So there we go. <clears throat> right. Well, there you go. My mum says, Trev went in the army, an absolute hooligan, and come out a gentleman. They did a good job on him. Well, thank you, mum. They did. Yeah. I love you, mum, and I'm sorry for all the things I did to you in the past. I put you through absolute hell. I really did, and I'm not proud of what I did to you, mum. I'm so sorry, and publicly, you know, genuinely, mum, I love you with every piece of me and I'm sorry for what I did to you um, when I was a kid because I was a fucking arsehole. I really was. I'm sorry. And on that note, um, right, so let's go. Uh, right, so that's it, guys. That's it for me today. Um, 
Fantastic. I uh, don't know really what to say now. My mum's kind of like throwing a wobble on me there. Uh, what have we got? Uh, I will put all the links to David. Thank you to David for joining in. Um, brilliant. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, listen, he's got his past, but I just wanted to understand about the inside aspects of being in, in uh, Clong Prem and seeing all those kind of things. You know, wow. 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 Um, so this week we've got uh, tomorrow, AJ. Oh, did I put that thumbnail? I don't think I put the thumbnail. Hang on. Did I put it in? Yes, I did. Here you go. Um, there you go. So Adam Judd. Now, he's from the Patea News, uh, the media company here. Uh, he'll be talking tomorrow about his legendary bar crawls. But more importantly, on Friday, he'll share what the update is on Walking Street directly from the city council. Now, bear in mind, these are, this is a media company and a, a proper news company. They go to all these meetings, etc., and they get their finger on the pulse. And uh, basically, yeah, he's, um, he's sharing what the outcome of Walking Street genuinely will be on Friday, which is great because on Wednesday, I had another rant about people keep telling me potatoes done. And I'm asking you to justify why it's done. But have a look at that on Wednesday. That's brilliant. Right, guys, I would like to say thank you so much to everybody for your kindness and your donations. It's fantastic. I am absolutely blessed to be surrounded by such an incredible community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I will go and get the tent. Um, I'll speak to David. Maybe we can get the tent this uh so tomorrow or Tuesday, and then we can take it up when we do the food donations and uh, get someone to help us put it together. I'm sure it won't take long, um, but that'll be fantastic. So thank you very much for everybody that has kindly donated. You, you know, absolutely top, top people. Thank you so much. I apologize for my rant. Um, it's just me. You know, I, sometimes I just get a little bit frustrated. But anyway, nevertheless. Um, and uh, guys, thank you so much indeed. I will be back on live stream Thursday at 5 a.m and uh we'll go from there and uh guys if you haven't uh if, if you haven't um joined as a member for the channel uh, have a look you know if, if it's something you want to do great if it's something you don't want to do, no dramas the buzzing bar next sunday um i think i'll be able to give you a bit more of an update so uh we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more um so you'll be able to see what's going on there possibly don't hold me to it but possibly um, and, uh, that's about it really. So there you go. All right, guys. Uh, oh, no, I'll put the uh, links down below. Give me about, uh, 15, 20 minutes and I'll put all the links in the description of the video for, uh, David. So you can connect with David and, uh, and get involved with him. So there you go. All right. Thank you so much, guys. It's been fantastic as always. I'm sorry I messed the intro up again. Flipping heck. And, uh, we'll go again on Thursday. Guys, wherever you are in the world, please, as always, it goes without saying, stay safe.